0: Hello and welcome to the Forty Athletes Podcast. But before we get started, be sure to sign up for our free course that teaches teens how to develop a positive attitude. The link is in the description below, and it will give you tips and strategies to help you teach your child how to be more positive and develop that positive attitude that will stick with them the rest of their lives. Now, welcome to episode seventy-eight of the Forty Athletes Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason Holzer, along with my good friend Jimmy Huber, Jimmy top of the morning to you well,
1: good morning to you as well
0: well I know it's a it's a somber day today I know we had the events yesterday but uh, our guest today though is uh talks about finding finding the faith in the field and it shares his own you know setbacks and, and and tragic events that happened to him and how you know finding faith helped him get through some tough moments and he's a former former athlete as well uh but it was a car accident that that actually changed the course of his life. So I'm excited to dive in with Ben Hilden today.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the timing and stuff because I thought about that, like finding the faith in the field. Like right now, with what's going on in the world, and yesterday the you know shootings in in Texas and the the lives that were lost. It's like people, you know, searching for probably faith. You know, what does this mean? What's going on? And finding that faith. So having Ben on today is going to be a really good timing to discuss that and dive into it yeah absolutely you know
0: he's uh uh you know he's, he's an author and he's got quite the story so we're excited to bring him on today so we're gonna go ahead and do that ben uh good morning to you and uh, thanks for joining oh, us yes. this
2: morning yeah absolutely thanks for having me you
0: know we just get right into it um you know faith like we hear that word talked about a lot you know we hear it uh you know there's multiple definitions of it but to you, you know what is what is faith to you and and how have how has that part been part of your story your book you know why is that so important to you
2: well um i'll say it like this when i was growing up when you heard the word faith you thought of something you thought of how how do i live according to that word faith but faith truly is belief within ourselves like it is it is a belief in, I mean, for me personally, um, it's a belief in Jesus Christ um, that transforms me into my new self. And really, it helps me overcome. And that's, as I look back at my life and everything that has been thrown in front of me, that's what's got me through. Because you see the bigger picture of life and you see that this one obstacle isn't the end all this isn't going to end me that I can keep going that you see eternal life in the future. And that this isn't the end when, when life is done on this earth, this isn't, that's not the end. And so for me, faith is, it is, it is life. I mean, for me, when I believe like when I'm in, in faith and I'm living through faith, I'm, I am alive. Like I, I have confidence. I know who I am as a person um, I'm inspired to do many, many things. And so I'm always craving faith. I'm, I'm craving to believe, to continue every single day to stay in faith so that I can continue to be myself and have confidence and to have wisdom and love. Love is the most important thing of all that we get through faith. Uh, and so for me, it is, it's is—it's everything. I mean, it, it's the gateway into to life on this earth and to eternal life.
1: Well, talk about this, Ben, your faith was challenged. You know, you oh, go yeah. back, take yeah. us back to like, you know, April 6th, 2007, like even Good Friday. Take us back to that day and what took place and through this event, this tragic event that really challenged your faith.
2: Yeah, so um, like I said, my 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 backstory is this. Um, I grew up in a Christian home in North Dakota. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, small town Park River. I was, I was an athlete, played basketball, football, track. Um, we had a great team. We were, we had been playing and traveling tournaments, you know, all around the, like the Midwest since we were like eight years old. So we were, you know, for us as a team and as a player, you know, we were good. We were a good, successful team. And so that year, it was my sophomore year in high school. I was 16 years old and on 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 that day, and I was going into back therapy, and it was actually Good Friday, so there was no school. And I'd always take this back gravel road that nobody else takes, um, and so because I was I was I was late for everything, so I'd always take that road. On that day, I had never been in an accident. I had never lost control of my car in my in my entire life, but on that day, I did, and I went down the ditch, hit an approach, and flipped my car into a field numerous times, wasn't wearing my seatbelt. So I was ejected out the passenger door going face first into the field. And when my face made impact, that was when my direction, everything that I had thought life was that I was going to be, that I was going to achieve, that our team in sports, football, basketball was going to achieve was, in my mind, was shattered. Um, And in Looking back, you know, I, it, it never panned out to what it was, my dreams were. Um, but that was a day that uh, my my family's, mine, my friends, was our faith was tested big time. I mean, it was something that you, you don't plan. You don't plan on being in a car accident, nor do you plan on, you know, Something like in Texas happening yesterday. You don't plan on that, and that's and that's unfortunately, that is sometimes in this life. Life isn't perfect in this life. And those things, when they come, what do you do? Like, what on on the inside? Where do you go? And you know, for me, at first, I'm not going to say that I. Um, you know, I went through a lot of surgeries. I went. I was, I was given less than five. Per, percent chance to live because my injuries were so severe um i actually essentially did stop breathing once in the field once during surgery so essentially um like the doctors told my parents that I, i i essentially did die but i came back each time and so it was you know, it's been a journey of faith and my, you know, my faith growing as life goes on and I overcome different obstacles, you know, uh, throughout the way, you know, whether it's physical or emotional or or psychological or, you know, just there's things that always pop up. There's always things that pop up in life that you have to overcome. And so that day was the start of it. That was the day that um, it looked like a, a tragedy. I mean, it was, I was supposed to die for sure. Uh, there was really no chance. The doctors gave me to live because of my lungs. My lungs were severely damaged. Um, and I had, I had a, my, my entire face was shattered. So my, I had a a traumatic brain injury. Um, my brain was bruised and bleeding. My palate broke in half, my nose broke into nine pieces, my lungs, pancreas, small intestines, liver were all bruised or bleeding my lungs collapsed the artery in my right leg was crushed I broke six ribs so at that point you know when i came in the hospital and they and they did all the tests to see all my injuries it, it to them there was no chance i mean I was just i was they're just kind of they were trying they were doing the best they could but I kept going i kept going and at at, at that point you know I wasn't awake I was in a coma um, and I can I can say, doing to me, it was the prayers of people that I believe that got me through, that God gave me a second chance, that He gave me grace. And it was during surgery that my lungs collapsed and I essentially died. And it was after they resuscitated me. That was when they told my parents that my lungs would, because they've been through such trauma from the accident and now them collapsing during surgery, that they said during these next few days they said by easter i would i would be dead like you know in in between good friday and easter that i would die uh, because they said my lungs would have to swell up and when they swell up they will literally they won't be able to pump anymore and i will suffocate and i'll die and they just said there's nothing that we can do like we'll we'll try to help him but there's just not much that we can do, and thankfully, uh, th- this was, in the doctors' words, the greatest miracle. In their, in their eyes, me- you know, just medically speaking, is that during those next three days, my lungs never swelled up. I mean, it's just like they said, that's impossible. How could they not swell up? And but they never did, and I continued to live and go forward and uh years later i'm talking to you guys about that day you know so but in between there there's a lot of stuff that was just the beginning of you know of just going through obstacles and things in life that with the right mindset your faith will grow and continue to grow as you keep going forward
1: that's something i, I want to get into the mindset part of but i also want to back up a little bit when you talk about you stop breathing right they yeah. pronounced you as being dead and you came back and you hear people have like kind of like an out-of-body experience or you know they're they're like up above something looking down did you have any experiences like that or what was it like or did you were you still aware of what was going on
2: yeah um uh, you know i i don't know how 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 deep you want to get into it um into my in my my book um you know, I I detail all of my flashbacks. So when I was a freshman in college and a junior in college, I had a flashback each year. And I and I remember what happened during those two times, like when I had stopped breathing in the field and during surgery, I, I was shown what I remember. Like I was shown what I saw, um, like in the field I was shown in the next life like i was in my new body my new mind you know i know i knew my past life i knew i knew um where i was but you know to me it was so surreal like even thinking back right now on it because it's like i remember thinking to myself at that moment when i was in the next life why did i doubt you know when i was younger and, you know, we all have doubts. We always go, we, we you know, we have doubts because we see tragedy and we see suffering and we just wonder why, you know, we wonder why we go through things, why others go through things and that causes doubt. And so I was at that moment when I went, when I had stopped breathing in the field, like the very next moment I was in that next life. And, um, you know, for, at that time, Having the flashback, it was like a missing piece was being put like a vision was being put, you know, inside me to to remember all this. And so uh, but just remembering that, you know, to ask myself, why did I doubt because there was a man that showed up and uh, he didn't look at me or tell me who he was and he didn't acknowledge that I was standing there. But I was actually looking at my body in the field where I had just died. My parents weren't there, obviously, because they were, they were still in in this life. And um, I I saw that man put out his hands, and he raised my dead body off the field. I would say about six inches, and um, he put it back down. And there was a gold light that came um, underneath my body and from his hands. And when he put my body back down, I was instantly back in this life, back to the field, back to all the pain, all the agony. Um, And the man that I saw, um, he had a, it looked like a white robe. It was a glowing white robe. Um, He had a gold rope around it. And his face, though, was like you're looking at the sun where I had to shield his face because it was so bright and his skin was like it was bronze. And so I don't know who the man was. He didn't tell me who he was. Um, But that was the first experience. And the second one, um, I essentially saw um, a city, a city in the next life. Um, I wasn't told. What city it was, but that same man who saved my life in the field showed me the city I just saw from the outside. I didn't go inside the city that I remember anyway, but I saw these huge walls around it that were made out of jewels, and these gates going in that were made out of jewels, and there was buildings inside the city, they were made out of material that I don't I don't know what it was. There was there was a river going down this mountain way in the background, and there was there was like a I could see it. Someone lived on top of that mountain and there's a, a tree line up to a certain point of that, that mountain. And there was lightning and thunder on top of that mountain, but not anywhere else though. The rest of the city was glowing with light. It was the most beautiful, brilliant thing that you could ever imagine in your life. Um, And that man just simply showed me the city. He told me why my life was being saved. And it was to, come back to share my story just like i am right now um to help people to to give people hope and to to help people embrace their faith and um and just to share something to relate to other people that are going through hardship in life and that we can overcome hardship and uh so for me you know it was it was it was a battle um you know in life but seeing those things, remembering those things, that's helped me a lot, just going forward and knowing why I'm here is to share my story and to share eternal life of, 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 of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, that's, for me, I just live in that. You know, you live in and you gain life and you gain freedom from your flesh, your fear, your worries, your, 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 your stress. And so, to me, that's what it's grown to be now.
1: So, what did like, take me back though? Also, in the hospital, they're giving me a five percent chance to live. Yeah. Um, you have family there. You know, so many times in life, people can listen to what other people say and be like, "Oh, it's just the way it is." But your family mm-hmm. is like, "No, yeah." I think it was maybe an aunt or a grandma or somebody is like, "No, we're not accepting that. We're praying.
2: We're praying oh, for yeah. his
1: life. He's going to be healed." Did you also, like, were you conscious, aware of, of what was going on, like, giving you a limited chance of living? And did you have in your mind, like,
2: no, nah, I'm not believing this. I'm going to live. I'm going to fight through this. What was going on there? Um, at that point, no, because I was in a coma. So I wasn't aware of what was going on. This was all, you know, I know, I've read the doctor's notes. I've talked to my doctors, um, you know, to ask what what happened before I wrote my my book to get all the facts from them and from my family. Um, But there was um, people in the waiting room. There was, I had a, I'll call her an aunt. She's not essentially my aunt, but I call her my aunt, um, who got everybody in the waiting room. When I was, when they told my parents that I was essentially gone, that I wasn't breathing, she got everybody in the waiting room. To pray all in unison and just to say we're not accepting this. And that was that was actually what that was actually what uh, you know she said is that is that Ben is going to live. And so everybody at that point began to pray. And during that time, they found a lung a lung specialist that was only in the hospital on that day at that time, and he came in and put in in chest tubes into me. And that's what brought me back to life because before that they were trying to bring me back, but nothing was, was, uh, working. And so that would be, you know, a family member and friends and family that were praying that, you know, they didn't accept me to die. But I can tell you this, when I came out of my coma, um, because of my traumatic brain injury, because of all my injuries, I remember, um, just times where I would be coming out of my coma slowly and I could hear people talking about the way that I'm, you know, Ben's going to be this, Ben's going to be that, Ben can't do this, Ben, you know, and I remember thinking, no, there's no way. Like I am, I'm going to play basketball again. I'm going to be normal. I am going to be me again. And like, there was no doubt in my mind, like from, from the first time I heard that, that and i was just coming out of my coma so uh, my eyes weren't even open yet but i could hear them talking about my limitations in life and that i can't go to school normally i'm going to need help in school i'm going to i can't play sports ever again and it's like i didn't believe it I, I i there was there was no doubt in my mind that i was going to come back and i was going to play the very next year and that was they said 100% impossible that i should never do it because it's, it's too much of a risk. And I'm just like, I'm undoubtedly doing it. And so that belief was when I came out of my coma, because I had all these limitations in front of me that I that I would never be the same person ever again. So that was that was thereafter.
0: You know, you go you talk about, uh, you know, shifting perspective, and, you know, maybe like, sometimes, our toughest things in life help us reevaluate what we value. You know, can you go into like, you know, beforehand and then afterwards, how the things that you value in life changed after going through that experience and what you learned to value the most. And then on top of that, um, like that, that mindset of like things aside, but keeping that confidence in yourself, like I will do these things again. I will be back there again and not letting those outside noises come in and, and, placed that in your mind?
2: Uh, yeah, so, so for me, um, you know, my, my value in life before my accident was just sports. Like it was just about my sports career, uh, you know, playing college basketball. It was just about the, that was my whole goal since I was six years old. Um, and so I valued that above everything else. I remember the way I was, you know, growing up on the dairy farm I didn't want to be milking cows. I mean, I don't know many people that do, I guess, but I didn't want to be milking cows. And so that would cause a lot of strife between me and my parents. And, and so that was, you know, that was me where my value wasn't about my family. It wasn't about, it wasn't about like an actual future. I mean, I'm not going to go to the NBA, you know, but it was, I didn't ever think about something real. It was always, you know, where it was just like, I didn't have, not that playing in college isn't real, but just, I didn't think about life beyond that at all. I didn't have, it was just about, about sports. And so when I came out of the hospital, and it wasn't immediately now, like this has been a journey. This has been going through hardship is when I learned, I mean, I, I've never learned anything when life is easy. I really haven't. It's always been going through things that have molded me to be, to become the person I am today, because you have to adapt. You have to, you lean. I've, I've, I've been forced to lean on my creator, you know, and it's just, that's how my faith has grown where it's just, it wasn't easy, but it's, it's helped me to see the bigger picture of life of what is actually important. Like what is actually important now sports is awesome i love sports i i still do i mean it's fun it's a entertainment and it's it teaches you so many things but i was it was an idol to me it was something that i looked up and i and i placed that above my family um you know my my little brother i could just remember back that it was just it was just kind of kind of sad that i placed basketball and football and and working out above, above them. But after I came out of the hospital, you know, it took time, but I started to realize that what's actually important is my family, my family, my friends, my faith, my, my relationship with God to actually know him, like actually, actually know him, not just go to church, not just, not just read your Bible, but to actually spiritually you know, live in faith in Him and, you know, to live through like the the Holy Spirit, you know, that is, that's what to me is what I'm always chasing now. It's just to live in the next life, to, to live in eternal life, to see the bigger pictures that when, when I die on this earth, that's just the beginning. Like I, and it is, it, it, it truly is like, it is just the beginning of real life. And so that's where the bigger picture is, and the bigger picture also is to chase the spiritual part of life, to chase the things that actually matter, that are going to live on in the next life and not chase things that you're gonna leave behind on this earth, which is like money, your you know fame, and you know, just all the awards and things of that where, that's just going to be left behind, but what's going to keep going forward is your love. You know, love is going to be is spiritual and love and faith and hope and peace and contentment, you know, wisdom, you know, those are the things that I, that I see now are so important because not only are they, are they eternal, but they help me enjoy my life right now to, to its full potential. Like they, They let me, I find myself, like I I know who I am and I get to now enjoy myself and you can also be successful. I mean, and it's not bad to have money, but then you'll know what to do with your money. You know, it's, and you don't idolize things. And so it's, it's one of those things where you get to enjoy this life to its full potential and you are ready to roll to the next life because you are in, you know who you are. And you're in the right, fr- you know, from a mind. You're in faith, and you know you're just you're sober-minded. And so, that to me is what I'm always chasing in the morning. Every day I wake up, I always want to be more in faith, more in in love. I want to love people, no matter if it's just for five minutes. You know, I meet them for five minutes, but I always want to be a light in someone's life and and just and that gives me so much joy. Like I just I love my life, you know, just because of that. So that's to me what I value and what I see as a bigger picture of life.
1: It sounds like too when Jason's talking about like your perspective of course has shifted. But one thing I've heard you talk many times is about love. You know, mm. talk about like faith, hope and love and God is love. Yeah. What was that experience that you went through? Because it's so much like in the world today, we get competition, competing, trying to put people down, trying to succeed over others. And, and sometimes we don't treat people the way we want to be treated. Right. Oh, yeah. So wh- How can you discuss that and what your perspective shifted in regards to the love aspect of it and how you can share with others how we can look at each other in a certain way that we can start sharing love and make people feel better about themselves?
2: yeah i mean love you know i think when i was younger i would look at love you, you'd you have an idea you would think about what is love but in reality you can't honestly you can't um you can't like make it up in your mind about you can't imagine it you have to be living in it to feel it you know i'll just say this you know anyone who's listening to this you know if you're a parent or you're a son or a daughter think about the feeling you have towards your your kids or your parents you know that is it is it's a fierce it's a fierce dedication where you love that person so much that you would give up your life let's say someone comes in and you're going to protect that that loved one like that is so fierce because you're willing to end this life for that person and that is that would be the ultimate love like that would be something where if you want to know like people want to know what love is i mean that is you you do that in in instinctively like i would give up my life for my brother andrew i undoubtedly like there's just it would be instinctive like i just i wouldn't want him to die i couldn't bear to see something happen to him. And so that shifted over the years as I've grown in my faith. So like for me, as my faith has grown and I've I've grown closer to God and to Christ, and, you know, I've grown more in the Holy spirit, I've I've been given more freedom from my, my human self, I guess you would say where, you know, the traits of our flesh, you know, our worry and stress and we, we idolize and we, we, um, you know, we, we want what others have and there's envy and there's strife. And, you know, there's just so many things that I didn't like about myself that there's, you know, I can look back playing sports and competition is good. Competition is awesome. And if you can have the mindset of just playing sports for, the joy of it. And if you make money playing it, that's great. That's great. But don't lose that joy. Don't lose what you started playing it for. When you were a kid, you played because you loved basketball. You loved it. So you played it. And that was worth more than money. I guarantee it. If any NBA player looked back at the joy they had playing basketball and you asked them, how much was that joy worth when you were a kid? And they would say, there's no money that you can put in front of me that could be worth that amount of joy that I had playing uh, that sport when I was a kid. But life challenges you and you, and, and as we grow older, we tend to lose that joy because now it's about business. And that's not a bad thing, but the goal for me as I see in life is to not lose that joy. And if you make money, great. If you do, you know. But don't lose that perspective on what's actually important because then you can enjoy life to the maximum, to the maximum of every every facet of life. And so love, you know, going into sports, it's something that is never, ever talked about. But you can be competitive and still love... I mean, obviously you should love your teammates that one's that should be obvious but to love your opponents because there's always going to be competition but it doesn't mean that you have to look at them in a certain way where they're an enemy but this is just this is fun Mm -hmm. like you're playing a sport for fun and sometimes obviously it it gets heated We, we you know we've all been there i mean that's that's that stuff comes But if, you know, you're, you're trying to mold yourself, you're trying to grow, you know, for me, when I play sports now, I don't want to have that mindset where I'm over you. I'm playing against you, but we're brothers. I mean, we're brothers. When I played against my brother growing up, I mean, yes when he was younger, it was, it was pretty unfair. Cause I was taller and, you know, stronger. Now it's, now it's, now it's equal. And, you know, there's been times where I would get really upset because I would lose to my little brother, but it's like, don't let that, don't let that lose, you know, to lose yourself, to lose your joy of life just because you lost, you come back next time you come back next time, you know, and, you know, if you can have that mindset, um, you know, for like a rivalry, you know, we had, ri- had a rival in, um, our rival was, was Grafton. We played Grafton and it was serious. It was all business. I mean, I remember, and it was fun, really fun. But at the end of the game and during the game, it was a battle, no doubt. But I was friends with all those guys from, from Grafton. We would talk during the game, I mean, we would, be, we would be hitting each other over the head, you know, and elbow flying, but we would still be on the free throw line, be talking normally, just like making a joke. That's the way that I look at it, where you are ultra competitive, but you still have that friendship, that, that, that joy. And at the end of the game, you give him a hug, good game, brother whether you lose or you win. And so for me, when I'm in in love, like playing sports or whatever I'm 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 doing in life, that's what I'm always chasing because first off, I love my life. I love I chase it because it's the best I've ever felt in my life. It is the best I've ever felt when I am living through love and and faith. And I also that is contagious to everybody around you. People see that they feel that they want that and that joy spreads. And, and there's the light, there's the light in this world. And so that's what God's always told me is it's one thing to say it, but it's another to actually truly live it and to be that light when you go. And so, you know, we're not perfect. We're not perfect people but I'm always just trying to gain an inch every single day. So I can live more in that and deeper in that every single day.
0: Well, Ben, you know, it sounds like, you know, love is a, uh, love is a verb. Love is an action, right? It's something that you express to people. And, and like you mentioned, you may be competitively playing against people from the other side, but that doesn't mean that you treat them any differently. That doesn't mean that you, you know, ask ill will of them if they beat you like you still hey you accept that you like lose with grace and you win with humility kind of thing right so Mm -hmm. you know how what if you could you know give athletes or parents some some suggestions like hey what's one or two three one or two things that you can teach you know young kids teenagers whatever that you know maybe they hate losing that kind of stuff they get really in their emotions on how to see things as like hey you know it's a game like you know it's there's there's more things that are important than that and, and be able to handle their emotions in some of those, you know, high intense moments. They can keep a perspective of it's all good. You know what? I'll get better from it. I'll learn from it. Is there is there some things that you've you've implemented that helped you with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was a Bible cam counselor for about three years. So I was around kids a lot. Um, that was in college. And so, you know, during that time we played games and they were Kids would get pretty pretty intense, and I, I know all about it. I know all about, you know, being competitive, but there's always a line. You know, we would play this game called Outpost, and uh, it got really competitive. Uh, sometimes we'd have to, you know, make sure that they tone it down because it got pretty physical. But it was something where, you know, I'd always tell them, like, guys, we're out here and we're having fun. Like, this isn't something where this is going to – this isn't going to determine the rest of your life. And when you're in a game, let's just say like you're in a high school game or a college game or a pro game. Now this is, it's not, it's its easier said than done, but to have the 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 bigger life picture of eternal life for me is how I get there. That's how I, things that used to be so, important to me. And they were, they were just something that would just be vital. Like when I go for like a speaking engagement, like that is not the end all. That is not that, that one engagement isn't going to make or break my entire life or future. Now I want to do good. I want to inspire people. I want to change people, but let's just say I had a bad day. Is that the end? is that it is now is my life now done. This is the things that God has taught me throughout the years because there were, I would just, if I had one bad day or I didn't say something right, or I was too hard on myself and he'd say, well, Ben, this, th- this engagement or this game is, is important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's not the end. Like there, there's life you continue to go forward you continue like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow you could be in for something amazing tomorrow where you totally redeem yourself in the next game or for me the next speaking engagement you know it's the same thing like we're with speaking i've grown and i've become more confident in myself where when i go speak now it's more fun. It's more joyful. I'm not such a robot anymore where I can freely talk about my emotions and what's inside me. And I don't take it so hard. Let's just say, you know, if something, if, if it doesn't go absolutely pinpoint perfect to what I wanted to, you know, to go. And so for me, it's just about seeing the bigger picture that this one day, this one moment, this one hour, this one game doesn't define me it doesn't define my future how many more hours are there in our life you know this is an eternal thing this is we are going forward eternally and when you see life in that way you stop caring so much about these about these things that that were so big inside your mind that you thought were were so important or that they were going to affect your life so much, but there's something bigger. And I'll just say to anyone, look inside yourself. You'll find it. Like it is, it's within you. It's all around you. And so it's it's in our 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 midst, you know. So it's it's something for me that, you know, seeing a bigger picture now um has been vital in my own life, you know, not just in sports, but just in life with you know, my own um a career now. So yeah, just seeing that, you know, that's what I'd I would tell kids, you know, and kids for me, it's been a, a growing process. And so I, w- I would expect that for anybody else too. That that
1: that spoke to me right there, Ben, because even for myself, like when I go maybe do a camp or you go, you know, do certain things within basketball or whatever it might be. And like you said, you might not do as well as you thought you were going to do, or maybe get a comment and, and or maybe you go and you're coaching a game and you don't succeed in the game and the world's ending and this isn't going to, I'm not going to succeed in this anymore. And you start having these negative thoughts. And I want to dive into that because like they say, like we have close to 70,000 thoughts a day. Oh, and yeah. 95% of those thoughts are thoughts from yesterday. And you yeah. mentioned, you said through your experience you've had, it's helped you to understand like, why are you worrying about this? Why are you anxious about this? Right. And you talked about also being content, like contentment with things. Mm-hmm. What is your message to people, even for myself? Cause I, I get myself caught in thinking about the past, beat myself up about it or being nervous about the future. How do I get myself to be more present and to oh, enjoy yeah. moments and be joyful?
2: Yeah. Um, the best way that I can tell anybody, and this is, People would say, well, that's that's too simple, but that's what it is, is we make it complicated. We overthink. We are always in the way of our own joy. We're in the way of our faith. We're in the way of our present. Like right now, I'm looking at my computer. You know, if I'm worrying about what I'm going to say, if I'm worrying about tomorrow or I'm worrying about what I'm going to do after this, I'm not even really thinking about this. I'm going through the motion, but I'm in the present moment right now, looking at you guys on my computer and I know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm saying. And it's something where I've had to become like a little kid again, no matter how old I get, you know, to us, we're just little kids to God. We're just little children. And, um, there was, I know, um, uh, Jesus said this, where he said to find the kingdom of, of God, you must become a little child first. And when I first read that years ago, I'm like, what does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense because the world tells you that you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be a man. You're supposed to be tough. And that's true. But how do you become that? What is the start of that? Where do you begin? Do you yourself manifest being a man? Do you think in such a way where I'm going to become a man today? I'm going to be strong today. Now, that's your strength. My goal, my, my advice to anybody is don't lean on yourself. Lee, take a step back, take a step back, become like a little child. Don't become childish, but become like a little child to assume, to know nothing. And you're going to find yourself. You're going to find your confidence. You're going to find the present moment right now and right here where you you know that you're alive, you know, you're a child of God, you know, you know that everything's going to be okay. You see, you have wisdom, you see the future, like you can see the path in front of you. And you know, for certain that there's good, you know, or that like for me, you know, when I have that and I'm in that, that mindset, you're, you're, you're living in faith because as a child, think back to when you were kids. As children, I remember what I would do as a kid is I was a cowboy. I would go out and I would look for dinosaur bones in the summertime. And I was, we were free. We were free. We we had freedom beyond freedom because there was no bills to pay. You didn't have to perform. Like Jim, you talked about going to camps. You didn't have to be, you weren't the leader. You were a little kid. Your parents took care of you and you leaned on them fully. That's why as kids, we had so much joy. There was no stress yet. There was nothing to think about. And especially when we were like five and six and there was, you know, as you got older, even in like going into third grade, you, you started to care about what, what I, what I was wearing You know, was, I wearing the cool shoes. Was I wearing the, you know, the right clothes. And it's like when I was five and six, so boy was that freedom. And now I'm back chasing that same freedom again that joy and the the best part about it all is that i become my absolute best self i become even more professional than i already am or than i was like i was trying to be professional i was trying to be um you know just the man but in re- in reality i didn't know how i didn't know how really i was just kind of trying but now when I truly find who I am and I take that step back and I find my faith in in Christ, that is what it's all about. The gospel is the good news that you can overcome your flesh and you're free from your old self, you're overthinking your overthinking, your selfish, your self-righteousness, you know, like all these things of the flesh that we want to get rid of these stresses these worries that we just wish so bad that we could get rid of because I'm the exact same i mean i that's just i just want freedom from that because then i see i see in life that anything's possible that i can do anything in life because i know my own creator and in sports imagine a player playing through love Playing through his, like, he he knows who he is, and there's no stress, and there's no worry. You don't care what the fans are saying. that You know, they're not getting in your head. A player talking trash is not getting in your head because they can't get in your head. You, you are protected. You are in the zone, and you are in the spirit of God. And I'm just saying, that is what I always try to be in because I want that. I crave that because then I'm, I'm me. I'm just me. I'm me when I was six years old again. I'm just doing, I'm just not looking for dinosaur bones anymore, but I'm, I'm, I'm free. And it is, it's something that I'm always chasing. And so for me, that's what I would tell people uh, is, and it's not easy because the deal is as a human being, and I know this from my own journey is that when I, when I'm taking a step back, when I'm, if I'm laying in bed and I'm praying and I'm, you know, just renewing my mind and trying to just blank out my mind, we are instinctively trying to, trying to uh, think of something different. Like our mind is going, it just, it, it doesn't stop. And we're always trying to solve the problem. But until you find that that place within yourself where all that stops and it's just you, that's when you know for certain that you are a child of God and you've overcome the world. And now.
1: Hey, Ben, hey ben I have one question for you before Jason yeah. wrap up prior to four cues. But so people go through change and they're afraid to go through change. I mean, change can be scary for people. And a lot of people are going through change in today's world right now. You went through change going through a traumatic experience. But that change led you into some major growth in what you're doing today. How can mm. you speak to that about people today that are fearful of change, fearful embracing change? What you went through, your perspective on that, how can you speak to people about that?
2: Well, it's scary. I'm not going to lie to people. Um, but I'll say when you take that step out and once again this has to do with faith you are relying on someone else than yourself that's scary because you're we're so used to relying on on our own our own understanding our own wisdom what should i do in this situation but i'll 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 tell it to you like this where when i have taken that step out and i've trusted that i'm like if i fall backward is someone going to catch me I've never dropped the floor yet. Someone has always caught me. Or when I go out and speak, now when I was younger, I had a a a um a speech impediment. So for me to go out and speak now or to do anything like this, this is insane to me. This is insane because when I was younger, I would stutter all the time. So so in this life, God is using my my weaknesses now, so I know this isn't. This is not me. Like He is giving me this confidence, this strength, this ability to speak all these things that I'm doing now. I wasn't born with, I wasn't born with a talent or like a want or a desire to speak. And so for change, um, you know, it's like jumping out of an airplane where you have a parachute, you know, that's the best way I can say it is like, are you going to trust that parachute's going to catch you? And it's scary, but I'll say when you take that, that step out, and you're going forward, it's different. You're not in your comfort zone like you've always been. But do you really want to stay in that same old place? And I and I can say it like this: my own self, you know, I've I've been praying and praying for years to for God to change me. And as you don't see it because it's a slow change, so it's not a jump, it's not a leap where it's this he's molding you slowly and so for people that want to change you know it's um it's something that I would say he will catch you like he absolutely will catch you find your faith and 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 for me that's when you find your new self you know that's when you find who you truly are in life and then you continue to mold you continue to change you continue to eat better like for me I just want to keep getting better. I just want to keep being a better example. I want to I want to be a better speaker. I want to be a better brother. I want to be a better son. I want to I want to write another book. I want to be a better health coach. You know, there's things that I want to do. I want to be a better athlete. It doesn't matter how, you know, how old I get. I want to keep getting better. I want to defy what is normal in this life and just to be something that I never thought that I could be. And the best part about that is that it makes life amazing. It makes life so fun because there are no limits anymore. There's no limit to what you can do or achieve in life. Because we're talking about the guy who created everything. And when I rely on him, there are no limits anymore. And it's all done through love. It's done through joy and it makes life so fun, so fun. And so that's what I would tell people. I would just say, you gotta find it in here. It's in here. I promise everybody that that's where you're gonna find it. It's not out there. It's not, it's not, it's not out in the sky. It's not, you know, it's not looking up or looking down left or right. It's, it's right here. And when you find that, that's when you find everything. And so that's how I've changed. That's how I've transformed into who I am today. And it's, it's been a ride. It's definitely been a ride. Well, Ben, that reminds me of, uh, you know, God doesn't call the qualified.
0: He qualifies the called. Right. So just having that faith of like, you know, you feel like you're supposed to do something and walking and stepping in that then everything else. It, like you said, it's scary first, but things tend to work out in your favor
2: when they you're doing do. what you, yeah. you're
0: meant to do. Right. So, yep. um, Well, you know, we always wrap up the show, too, with the four questions with 40 athletes. So these are our last little bits of wisdom and insight from our from our guests. So the first question is this, in your opinion, what does it mean to win in the game of life?
2: Overcome the world, overcome your flesh, overcome. And now when I say flesh, like I said before, overcome your doubts, overcome your fears, overcome your stresses, your worries, all those things that, that bring you down. Pride, overcome your pride. You know, those are the things that bring me down. I can't stand when I have those inside me. And it's just, when I can overcome that, uh, that, is, that is winning life. Like, because at that point, not only can you enjoy life and you're okay with nothing, you're, I'm, you know, but you can move forward and you can be the best businessman that you can be because you have that wisdom. You're not chasing riches immediately. You know, you're not just like chasing it right off the bat, trying to get rich. But if that happens in your life, you're going to be able to enjoy it. And that's the beauty of it is that you are, you're in that frame of mind where you can enjoy everything. And, and so for me, that's, that's winning life that's overcoming the world and the world, you know, is, is just chasing all that, chasing the fame, the riches, and you know, the, just the things of this life that you'll leave behind and chasing what's actually important, the spiritual qualities, which could lead to everything that you ever want in mm-hmm. life.
0: Yeah. That's a, uh, that's well put Ben. Thank you for that. Uh, second one is, uh, if you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, passed away, alive, fictional, non-fictional, who would you pick and why would you choose them?
2: I would pick Kevin Garnett. Um he was my he was my um my idol as a basketball player growing up. He was the man like I you know, I'm I'm looking, you know, I'm I'm looking back at it and it's just like um I Seeing him rebound, I guess, that was like how I I I grew to love rebounding, where he'd snatch it out of the air and, and bring it in. It was just – he was just someone that I loved to watch because of his, his passion and his tenacity. And, you know, I don't know him as a person, but I'm just saying if there's anybody, you know, he was, he was my – I was his biggest fan growing up and, you know, still seeing him as this like – you know, he's still the man. So yeah, I would say Kevin Garnett.
1: Third question is this, what is the best advice you ever received from a coach that you've played for or worked for?
2: Well, you know, I, uh, I was thinking about that and honestly, this isn't a coach that I've ever played for, but he's a coach. Um, and he gave me advice and this was a advice in life. It was a, it was, uh, it was after I was done playing and it was Dale Brown. He was a coach for LSU and I I had met him, I'd met him briefly and I met him through my my book. and um, he told me, you know I was I was asking him how to get into the, the to the the speaking world, like how to get more speaking engagements, you know because I was just starting out and I was just just a baby after my book came out where I was just starting to speak and I was asking him like, Hey, Hey, Dale, could, you know, could you help me out? You know, with, you know, I don't know. Cause he knows, I'm sure a lot of people he's like, and he just gave me some really good advice where it was that no, Ben, I want you to learn. I want you like, you're going to make it, you're going to grow. But if I just give you everything, what do you learn? And that's true for life. What do you actually learn if someone just hands you something? If someone before the game's like, you guys win the game, don't gotta you don't even got to play. You don't have to go through anything. You don't have to go through the running, the jumping, the overcoming, the mental battle. And what do you learn from that? And how do you grow? And how do you how do you inspire others from that? And so I was like, I was like, as I've gone forward, it was like, man, wow, he was right. Because now I'm like, thank gosh he didn't give me that because I would never be the person I am today. And and so uh that was that was in my opinion the best advice I've ever gotten from a coach. And uh and so yeah, it was uh it was it's definitely hit home going forward for sure. And it's kinda of a little a lot tough love, but uh love in itself to help you yeah, yeah. Yourself. I mean it was right it was, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was nice just because, you know, I got to know him a little bit and he was just being real. He was just yeah. being real with me and cause he read my book and it was just, it was nice. Cause like Ben, you're going to make it, you know, you.
1: Maybe lost Ben for a second. Yeah. Hopefully the TV comes back here. Well, we get back. We get, we could also too on that. Jason is uh let people know how they can uh, get in contact with Ben. Yeah. Um, or oh, ben, you there we go. Hey, he's You're back. Hey Ben, the last question I have for you is this real quick on it is if you like were coaching a team uh, or hiring somebody to work for you and you had one life skill or character trait that they could have, what would it be and why?
2: Humbleness. And the reason why is because if, of all traits that I can think of, that is going to, that is going to, that's a starting point for every other trait. If you're prideful, you already know it all. You don't need help. You don't need anything. You don't need any help. You're not, you won't listen to your coach because you're too prideful to know or to even listen to any you know advice or anything. And so for me, if we had a team of players that were all humble, How would that team work? Well, first off, they they would find themselves. They would all know their strengths, their weaknesses. They would have a role in the team, and some would be better. But if you're humble with yourself and you're sober-minded, you know that you're not the best shooter. So you're going to pass it to the guy that is the best shooter, and that becomes a superb team. And so for me, if I had players all like that, and I've I've coached high school before, and there was a team where I had a team like that. And I told those guys, if if you can buy into this, if you can buy into an actual team and not try to be the man, if you don't try to be the man, you're all, you're gonna be the man. Where in, in the end, you will win, you will succeed. And you're going to be the man then just in a humble way where you're gonna find yourself, you're gonna be confident, you're gonna overcome all these things that are are in front of you and you're going to play as a team because you're going to be selfless then and you're not going to be so into your own self. And so as a team and as a player, you'd be the best player and the best team because you play as one. And so for me, that's what I would look for is just someone who's humble and open and willing to listen to somebody else to try to help you, to someone who's... Looking at it from the outside that can see things better. And so that's what I would look for for sure. Well,
0: Ben, uh, you know, it's been an honor to having you on our show today. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh all your insight, your story, the things that you share with us. You know, how can people uh reach out to you, learn more about you? Where can they buy your book? Tell us where we can find Ben Hilden.
2: Yeah. So if you just go to, to benhilden.com, that's where everything's at. Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, like my, my, my speaking and book pages on there, but I'd say my website, benhilden.com you can buy my book, you know, if you want to do a speaking engagement, you know, that's something that I love, love doing. Um, and, and my story, all the videos of my story from different news outlets are on there. So if they want to learn more about that, you know, that's on there. So, so yeah, and then my book. Um, I would say for me personally, it's it's more fun for me to be able to send out the books, you know, instead of uh, being sold on Amazon. Um, so that that's where I would say to buy it. Um, and so, but yeah, that's where you can find me and all of, all of my info. And uh, I, I really appreciate you guys just inviting me on. It's been fun talking about my story in an aspect i have never actually talked about before i've never been asked these questions or been able to express things that are are inside me that um that are fun really fun to talk about and so i i really appreciate you guys just inviting me on
0: well ben uh, i mean thank you for for being open you know and being vulnerable and sharing all the wisdom you have inside of you man you're uh we wish you nothing but uh you know the best in the future and uh, look forward to staying in touch with you for sure.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Hey Ben, by the way, what
1: you shared today has made me a better person, made me think about oh, a lot awesome. of things in my life. So thank you very much. 100%. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Keep making the impact. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome.
2: Thank you. God bless.
0: Well, Jim, you know, uh can't feel more positive after having an interview like that. And uh that's what our link in the, in the description is is our week on the power of positive attitude so again uh you can also learn more about 40 athletes.com but be sure to check out that link of the power of positive attitude and uh, what i loved about it was he talked about faith that's the most important thing um it was a good reminder for
1: me for me today yeah there's a lot of reminders for me but like like he talks about it's like we're, we get so caught up in the worldly things that we lose sight of what's really important um and being able to be be present in my life instead of like You know, worrying about the future or living in the, the, you know, maybe decisions of the past and beating you up. So there's things from this that uh, I will work on today to become a better person.
0: Hey, same here, man. Absolutely. Well, Jim, enjoy your Wednesday. Stay dry today, man. It's awful wet. It's awful wet out there here in the Midwest, but, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Jason.